welcome to Rolling Misadventures, where a group of podcasters take time away from their respective shows to sit down and play fiasco. I'm your host, Derek, once again joined by Megan. Yep. And this time around, we have a whole bunch of guests, so we'll just kind of go around the table. Joining us today, we have Jared, also known as Best Day, who you've probably heard in a handful of our podcast themes. Hello. You probably shouldn't have opened with me, because I'm not sure what I should say. <laughs> I'm so glad that he opened with you. I mean, I said, I said, I said, yo, I set the tone for this. <laughs> and then from Corbin versus the world over at Noco FM, we have Corbin. Hello. Yes, it's me. Your hero, Corbin David Alba. You can find me on Corbin versus the world on Noco FM, yelling at clouds and playing tunes that delight your eardrums. And also joining us, tying in with Corbin versus the world and Noco FM, we have Addie. That is I. I am Addie. I'm also the one they called chicken. You know, I just, I set the bar real low with yo, and all three of you managed to just completely... Vault over it, doing 360 backflips? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was a virtuosic display of introduction. So this time around, we are playing the Fiasco playset of The Closed Circle by Sandy Pug Games. And that playset starts as such. There has been a murder. Before you is a corpse. This person was a friend, a stranger, a father, a mother, a wife, a husband, but now they are dead, and the killer is among you. That's very inclusive people. casting. It is. You and the people around you are trapped here, in this remote location. Maybe it's a train or a remote ski lodge. Perhaps you're locked in the parlor room or a steamer headed for Greenland. Regardless, you're not going anywhere, and neither are the suspects. Luckily, one of you is a legendary detective, known the world over for their uncanny ability to pick away at a mystery until the truth is all that remains. Find the killer amongst you, discover what happened to the deceased, and try your very best to not share their fate. Unless, of course, you're the murderer. Then your job is much easier. Don't get caught. Ooh. <laughs> I'm a lyrical gangster murderer. <laughs> no one knows that song. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song so who is there anyone who wants to be the detective yes but only if i can be a talking cat too yeah so let's go through our characters real quick and then we can figure that out that makes sense okay so i am playing the southern bell heiress josephine primrose with a relationship with jared's character of crime a killer but not the killer with a need to get out an object that is suspect, and our secret is the murder. Well, that narrows it down. <laughs> <laughs> I am Jared. The character I will be playing is Major Eisenhower Diggle. That's in quotes, like a lot of old-timey nicknames. Buckner. Um, I may be a talking cat. I want to be. But only if that gets kind of vetted through everyone else. Because if that's too complicated, no one else minds. No, MBC writer approved. Wow, that's actually okay. All right. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm actually proud of that. Okay. <laughs> I have a relationship with Megan that's old world ties because we previously fought in a duel, and she has a need a need to kill. <laughs> I do want to say you have a relationship to my character that's old world ties. Your relationship to me is, is baby brother. So, you know, you might want to keep those straight. And you, sure? you fought a duel. <laughs> We, well, we fought a duel in real life also. And in the Shadow Realm. 
Yes, and in the Shadow Realm. My character's name is Elias G. Worthenhammer, uh, and he has a relationship with Corbin's character. We are friends. We're social club pals. We're pals down at the club. I don't know if that's the voice that I'm going to commit to, but uh, and we have a need to get recognized. And I am playing esteemed military hero and retired veteran Rex Bongo McMasterson. Uh, my relationship with Addie's character is that of a boss and underling. She is my unpaid uh, New Mexican intern from film school. And our need is to get rich by solving the crime and writing a best-selling book about it. Um, I will be played by Pancho Contreras. Um, <laughs> Pancho, although being a New Mexican intern actually dreams of becoming the best barista in Santa Fe. <laughs> um, but until then, I have to work in the establishment with Derek. Um, you know, sometimes we're in charge when we should be, and then sometimes we're not. Um, and our need is to get ahead. Um, and we do have some past secrets, though. Okay. It's a lot to unpack. It really is. <laughs> Poncho's very complicated indeed. <laughs> Poncho's like Pagoda in the Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> Jesus. All right, so I guess we should establish who the detective is, and I think maybe they should start the first scene as well. I mean, it sounds like Corbin's character is the detective. He's oh, is that how that worked out? Well, <laughs> you've got a, you've got an underling and everything. You want to solve the crime and write a book. I mean, our goal together is to get recognized. It kind of seems like you're, even if you're not a detective, that you're the one who's going to try to solve the case. Well, it would appear that's how the dominoes have fallen, wouldn't it? I, I'd say it would. Mm. I will say, though, since you were starting the scene, we could let you pick where this is all taking place. Good. Oh, good. Yeah, because I was tripping out for a second. <laughs> okay, okay, hold on. Hold on. We are on a haunted carnival cruise. Yes. Yep, that like works Carnival the cruise line or like carnival themed? Like like a haunted <laughs> No, like a haunted carnival. Like <laughs> like a haunted carnival, not haunted carnival cruises. I'm a man that needs concreteness. I need to understand where I am. <laughs> Okay, Very we nested, we, you know. we are on a haunted cruise line. It runs all the way through October. I'll come up with a sparkly promotional name for it soon, but it runs all the way through October. Every single night, uh, they have a... Spook, spooks on the sea. Spooks on the sea. Thank uh -huh. you, Megan. Thank you. Thank you for that alley-oop. I needed that. Uh, and so what happens is every single night, every single night, there is a, a new haunted scenario that they play out so one night or uh let's say they change it up weekly so one week it's zombies the next week it's violent uh slashers sociopaths uh the third week it's aliens um the murder itself took place the first week uh during the uh undead um level as it were okay. but it sounds like you're saying that we're finding the body a week or two after it, it has been murdered. Well, what I, I was just saying that, like, in terms of in the month-long cruise, this has taken place during week one of the cruise. So, you know, Homeboy has been around. He's probably been alive this whole time, but he was just freshly killed. We, we could say that, right? Yeah. 
Okay, great. And then, yeah, the conceit is that we're stuck, like, the, wherever it is where we all find it, we are not getting out. <laughs> well, we're definitely not getting out of a cruise ship anytime soon. That is a fair point. Especially if the tentacruel attacks. <laughs> Just weaving a rich fiction. <laughs> we're tying in a lot of universes here. So, uh, who do you want to do this scene with, then? Woof. Um, I am going to... I am going to do this first scene uh, with Elias, with Elias G. Worthenhammer. Okay. All right. And is this the discovery of the body? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. All right. Excellent. Elias, my boy, I haven't seen you in some time, and I do need you to check out this great curiosity that I have found in this hallway. Ah, yes. Longo, my boy. This, uh, this time at sea is just what I needed. I feel like my constitution has just, uh, it's, it's been improved by the strong, clear, salty air. Yes, my doctor told me the same. He told me that I must take it easier on my heart, and that is why I am going on this haunted cruise line to prove him wrong, that my heart can still stand these natural shocks. Yes, what do doctors know, anyway? Exactly. Soft in their white coats. But anyway, I found this bloody fellow in the hallway, and I was wondering if you could check that out with me. Oh, dear, that sounds frightfully improprietous. I mean... You know, you'd think he'd have the decency to clean himself up, but uh, let's go, let's take a look at this, and oh, that... As you can see, it's a, it's a little bit of a messy show. There's blood on the walls, blood on the floor, and I really didn't want to bother any of the staff, because it looks like they did a good job of cleaning this place up, and I didn't want to ruin their day this early in the game. Oh dear, that, and, and that definitely should not bend that way. Oh, absolutely not. I saw somebody's arm end up like that in the war. Mm. Yes, indeed. Uh, and I'm pretty sure also that the, the leg is typically attached to the body on most folks, but, you know, I don't want to make broad generalizations and assumptions. So I, I know you don't want to be a bother to anyone, uh, Rex, but I, I think we might have to tell someone this. Well, it's possible, but Elias, one of the reasons why I dragged you in here is because I know next to nothing about uh, medical uh, you know, backgrounds and some such. And so what I wanted to check with you is uh, that this individual is actually dead and not, in fact, an employee here getting really into their method acting. Uh, well, you know, I, I kind of feel like, um, he would still have his legs, were that the case. Now again, I'm no doctor, because I think doctors are soft, and- Elias, are you aware of method acting? You know, old boy, I can't, I can't say that I am. Well, Daniel Day-Lewis once cut off his own leg for a part once, and I imagine that this fellow might have followed in his proud tradition. Alright, you know what? You know what? Well, we'll give it one good shot. Hello! Hello there, old boy! Are you- are you method acting? No, it would not appear that he is. Elias, I'm no doctor, but I imagine you might want to check his pulse. Well, his arm is over on the other side- okay, here, fine. I'm going to go and, uh, Elias goes across the room, he picks up the arm, <laughs> and he presses his fingertips to the wrist. Mm, no, you know, I'm, I'm- I'm- I'm not getting a pulse there, old boy. Rex is checking the corners to make sure that no one's approaching. Ah, well. I realize that we probably should have done that with gloves, because now your fingerprints are on the body, so that's no good. Ah, uh, of course you say that now, once I've already done it. Okay, there's only one 
nothing to be done with it. We throw the arm into the ocean and then we alert the employees. That sounds like a delightful plan and I can't imagine that would interfere with any investigation that will, <laughs> that will follow throughout. All right, and uh, Elias hucks the arm over the side and presumably they go to uh, find someone to deal with this. <laughs> We successfully found the body. Yeah, you were unfazed by stumbling into a corpse. You guys all sound like you were smoking opium, like period appropriate. <laughs> like, oh dear, like you're picking up an arm. You guys are very flat. Well, we've been, I, I've at least been in the wars, so, you know, I've seen my fair share of blown up limbs. You'll have to show me something a little bit more impressive than that to get old Rex to blink. Yeah, we, were, we were in the war together, so we've, we're fairly unflappable. Mm-hmm. There is no flapping to be found here. All right, who's next? <laughs> okay, so you guys have alerted the uh, the crew. I'm just trying to think of how to tie other characters into this investigation, or why they would be investigated. Uh, Major uh, Major Eisenhower, maybe you work uh, on the cruise. Maybe you're not here for pleasure. Maybe this is a business you run. Maybe, and I mean, I'm a killer, but I'm not the killer. It makes sense why they'd start looking for me. <laughs> I really just meant that you would be sort of in charge of things on the boat and would want to be alerted if there was a corpse on it, but sure. Am I still a talking cat? No, I, I, I couldn't be. No, you are no longer a talking cat. That's fine. I'm glad that's been revoked. All right. You could I'll figure something out. You could still be a talking cat during one of the haunted house scenarios, though. Like maybe there's like an island of Dr. Moreau level where it's like humanoid animals walking around. I'm just trying to help you out with your dreams, okay? <laughs> So, so Megan, do you want to set up that scene where you're tying in the uh, ship captain then? Uh, yeah, sure. So I guess uh, Elias shows up and is, is banging on the, the door of Major Eisenhower. I can't see the rest of your name because it is cut off. Uh-huh. <laughs> there we go, Diggle Buckner. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, we got, I'm, I'm sure Derek will put in some good knocking. Yep. Fully work. Hello there, sir. Ship, ship, shipsman. Oh, I think this was the voice I was doing before. <laughs> I say we've we've got a bit of a situation. I, I think you might want to see. A situation? I don't like situations. Buckner, what are you doing here? You you don't mean to tell me that 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 this is your vessel? Not only is it my vessel, my transversal humerus got better after our duel, old boy. <sighs> I haven't, I haven't seen you since Madagascar. Well, I guess we'll just have to put things aside for the moment because, well, I was going to say I hate to tell you this, but now I hate it less so. There's a body on your boat, sir. A body on my boat? Did I stutter? No, you speak quite clearly and deliberately. Thank you, I've taken elocution <laughs> classes. I find them too expensive. You would. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, there's there's a corpse that's missing limbs. Uh, it was down below decks. Uh, why, one of one of my very dear friends, Re Rexenold McMasterson, was the one to uh, happen upon it. And uh, well, we figured we should alert the proper authorities, which in this case, I guess, is you, dear no, Elias, dear Buckner. Are you sure it's not a prop? Are you sure it's not just like Madagascar? 
You know this is a haunted cruise. <laughs> yes, I'm very aware that it's a haunted cruise. We checked to see if it was a method actor. We've gone through the motions. You can take my word for it. You know, you said in Madagascar that I could take your word for it then. But you know, I'd rather vaguely reminisce about it. Look, I enjoy obfu- obfu- fuck. Obfuscation. <laughs> those, those elocution classes were for nothing. <laughs> I say it's obfuscation, old boy. Yes, I I enjoy uh, obfusc- ob- Jesus, I still can't do it. I enjoy also speaking very vaguely about our time in Madagascar, but uh, we really should move things along and uh, maybe you could identify just who this, uh, this poor old chap was. I'll take a look at the body, if you'll Lead me to it. Uh, so long as uh, you don't stab me in the back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Let us away. So I think that Josephine happens upon uh, Elias and Buckner as they're walking back towards the bottom deck. And so I will play the scene out with, uh, with Jared's character. It's like, oh, oh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, my dear. My dear, Ugh. my dear Diggle, I I cannot seem to find my husband anywhere. Your husband? I'm gonna go. He's been missing for some time, and I, I don't know what happened to him. Well, where did you last see him, Miss Primrose? <laughs> well, we were having dinner last night, and he had mentioned he wanted to go check out the different activities that were happening down below. I think he wanted to join in on that. Terrible, terrible, deadly. I tried to think of other words for describing zombies. The terribly gruesome scenes that you had set up in the haunted house. Miss Primrose, I assure you, there are far more spookier things than the scenes in the house on this ship. Whatever do you mean? Oh, nothing. Um, where's your husband? Let's go find him. Well, yes, I, I, I was hoping you had seen him around. Oh, no, I mostly just sit in the captain's chambers and brood all day, so... I don't quite interact with most of the people on the ship. And then Elias screams from down the hall, Oh, Diggle, old boy, are you still coming? This this body isn't getting any deader. A, a body? Yes, a body. <laughs> I think Josephine just runs towards the, uh, the, the room that Elias is in. Oh my, no. Oh no, no, darling, don't look. This isn't a sight for, for the feminine eye. It's, it's far, far too gruesome. No, that's... That's my love, that Marcus. Ha- oh, oh, oh no, oh no. <laughs> Major Buckner bursts through the door, and wait, what was the guy's name? Uh, Marcus. Marcus. He bursts through and he goes, Marcus Primrose, the great clam magnet. And he hurries over to the body, and caresses his very dead face. You you knew this man? I didn't know the man. And then I gazed directly into your eyes. But I ate his clams. <laughs> Can I just say, I, I went on a bathroom break and I came back and now Clam Magnet is in play and I am all, I am toot toot on board. Your, your lover, the cl- Marcus Primrose, the Clam Magnet is dead. <laughs> Also, Clam Magnet is definitely my math rock band. Yes. <laughs> so, I, I would imagine at this point you you would have perhaps gone to get your uh, assistant. My ward. Your ward. Yes. 
<laughs> Rex and Holmick Masterson is now Batman. <laughs> He's yeah, like he's, saying, he's, he's basically he, he he's half Batman, half Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood. That actually yes. sounds amazing. I am the hero that Gotham deserves. Damn it, Eli. <laughs> this is my song, HW. All right, Poncho, Poncho, open up, open up, dear boy. There is uh, there is some mischief afoot that I must share with you. <laughs> it's not even. Eleven. Uh, wake up, you filthy college student. Come on. Oh. I'm going to teach you good habits. It's got to happen at some point. <sighs> we talked about this. Man. Oh, God, it smells terrible in here. What is this, Domino's? Good God. Well, you know, they just have that promotion with the garlic mozzarella crust. Just... I'm just upset that they deliver at sea now. They make an app. They make it too easy. It just it, it just remembers everything I want. <laughs> and it's even less money when you order it at sea. What a savings. <laughs> anyway, Pancho, <laughs> I hate to break it. Just you by Tom. <laughs> And Nissan. Uh, and Papa Johnson check. <laughs> Thank you. Check us in the mail. Anyway, Bonjo, I hate to rouse you from your mid-morning slumber, but uh, do, uh, do you do you hate do you hate it? Are you you seem to do it every day? I actually relish this, but I have to tell you that I hate it, so that way we can keep up our dynamic. Old boy, I hate to break it to you, but there has been some mischief on this here boat. It would appear that there is a very real body on this haunted house. Boat. Haunted houseboat. Are you sure they're not method acting? I'm very sure. I double and triple checked. Because last time they were method acting. I'm very aware of what happened last time. And we got pretty far with the with the cremation process before we figured that out. Yes, and don't say that too loudly or else we're going to get picked up by Interpol. So Alright, well where is this alleged body? Uh, it's in the hallway on the uh, on the second floor of the ship, uh, right right outside the kitchen, as a matter of fact. And I hope that hasn't been disputed by anyone previously. Otherwise, it's whatever they said. Uh, I would ask you to uh, drop whatever you're doing and please take all of the forensic instruments that I left with you uh, when we checked on into the boat. And uh, you're going to need to take that with you and we're going to need to dust this body for prints. Yeah, 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 yeah. That stuff that you asked me to bring. Yes. Yeah, that stuff. Um, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to not go to this crime scene naked. Um, as you can see, I'm a little bit unprepared at the moment to leave this bedroom. I have been shielding me, my eyes. If you would give me the opportunity to get dressed and find those things that you asked me to bring, I definitely did bring them. Uh, I will be out momentarily. That's very fine, but you know the rule. It takes a minute to get dressed. Otherwise, don't bother getting dressed at all. Right, but it also takes about 10 minutes to find those things that you asked me to bring. Yes, I'm aware of that. I will suspend the rules for this particular exercise. Okay, yes. Well, very good, Rexnold. Um, I will, uh, I'll be out in a jiffy. Good. I'm going to raid the deli table. <laughs> and Poncho slams the door. <laughs> and furiously <laughs> looks for those things he definitely remembered to bring. Rexnold goes to the deli table and tries to find a good ham and cheese sandwich, but all the ham and cheese sandwiches are taken, so he has to settle on a turkey. That's the real crime. You get a black dye for that. <laughs> <laughs> no! Fuck. There's that damn deli table. <laughs> but, but wait, so like Rexnold and Poncho like talked a while before you guys are like, oh, I'm naked. So like, are they, are they like in a sexual relationship? Is that the subtext? Am I reading that right? 
No, Rexenal just has no personal boundaries whatsoever. He's basic. Yeah, it's basically imagine like a Doctor House and his underlings type uh, relationship template. Gotcha. <laughs> so I'm trying to think now because basically. Poncho and Josephine should probably have some kind of establishing scene, but at this yeah. point we would all be in the the room, unless maybe you ran out because emotions. I don't know. Well, I think that we can have Josephine in there, like hovering over Poncho, actually investigating the uh, the body in the crime scene. Apparently, I'm part of the uh, <laughs> the medical examiner's department, um, so I would therefore have to talk to Josephine about things related to that. Does he? Did he have a heart palpitation and has a pacemaker? We need to know in case we cremate him. <laughs> Destroys a perfectly good pacemaker. <laughs> and, I, and I like the idea that because you're kind of the underling, maybe Josephine's like talks down to you the whole time. <laughs> I'm sure you're not used to that at all. And uh, well, apparently you share some kind of secret past. Oh yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you buried that one deep, didn't you? Josephine. Oh yeah. I remember. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Josephine is pacing the room. Oh, Rexenol, uh what what's taking so long? We need to find out what happened to my to my lovely Marcus. Well, that depends what you're asking on what's taking so long. If you're talking about the examining of the corpse, I would say it's because Poncho still isn't here yet. And uh, as far as the other thing, I have no idea. I only know exactly what's five feet in front of me, and that's it. Poncho, you couldn't be talking about that. No, Poncho, the delightful film student that I met during my sojourns in New Mexico. Oh, he's wonderful. Gives good back rubs. I mean, the back rubs are fine, but after the mishap we had at the clam factory that clam factory is my synth pop <laughs> clam factory yes <laughs> after after that mishap at the clam factory how could you possibly trust poncho to examine a dead body when they couldn't even tell the difference between a real and a fake one Understand, my dear Josephine, that us of the McMasterson clan, we possess the ability to see through into the human soul, and I have looked into Pancho Contreras' soul, and I have seen a good, faithful, loyal, beating heart that does not murder. At that moment, Pancho sprints in the room, is definitely dressed, <laughs> but is just holding a couple things. Good job, Pancho. 58 seconds. A new record. Okay, so so I have the camera. I don't have the memory card. So um, the camera's pretty much useless, so we can't really take uh, photos. But hey, that's why they invented cell phones, right? Um, I also couldn't find the numbers, so I managed to go to the front desk and get some post-it notes so we can just, you know, do the, the one, you know, it, it's pretty much the same thing. You don't have to have the little proppy TP number things to be legitimate crime investigating in any way. So, and that's about it. That's all I could find. Rexenold takes Poncho's cell phone out of his hand, throws it to the ground, and smashes it underneath his boot. That is what you get for lack of preparation. Now you must sketch the body. Oh, my dear Rexenold, how can we trust this poncho? This is exactly what was happening at the clam factory. 
this is just beginner's jitters. You need to understand, Josephine. When someone is just getting involved in the field, they need to take their licks. They need to make mistakes. And it's important that we provide a safety net for people like Poncho. Because if we kill their enthusiasm now, Who's to say what missed investigations will happen in the future? I suppose. So Poncho is is just <laughs> kind of squirming around the body a little bit, um, just trying to <laughs> act like Poncho knows anything about crime investigating. Um, but Poncho does notice the body no longer has an arm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good catch, good catch. Um, <laughs> so so Rexenold, um. Did you know this body didn't have an arm? I think maybe you think maybe that did that catch my do, attention. Yes. You think maybe that has to do with why he's dead? Well, the thought occurred to me at a couple points, dear Poncho. I mean, there is uh, there is blood everywhere. <laughs> to be fair, we don't even know if this blood is actually the victim's. Also, do we know the victim's name? Marcus. Oh, good God, I'm sorry. That must have been when I was in the bathroom. Oh, dear Marcus, no. <laughs> um, uh, I didn't recognize your face at first, being covered in blood. Um, hey, Rexenold, speaking of which, could you, do you mind coming over here and talking to me real quick? Oh, yes, absolutely. Rexenold stoops down next to Poncho. What's Josephine Prismos doing here? That's an excellent question, and I wish I knew. When did she get married to Marcus? Approximately, oh god. Rexenold stands up. Uh, Josephine, yes. when did you get married? Uh, we've been married for at least the last six months. Rexenold crouches back down next to Poncho. About six months. Six months? <laughs> I worked at the clam factory like four months ago. They I... were married when I was there. Egad, that sounds significant. I'll tell you what. I've got three deli sandwiches. You meet me in my room in 1,500 hours, and we're going to go over this data. Okay, well, I don't, don't let her know, but I, I, she seems to be one of those black widows. So, I think. She doesn't look like a spider. <laughs> you know, I can hear both of you. I'm standing right next to you. Shh, not now, Josephine. We're talking about spiders. At this point, Elias just sticks his head back in. He's like, oh, is there still, are we still dealing with like a corpse issue here? Because I was just up on the Lido deck getting a cocktail and um, I wondered if any of you wanted, oh, hello there, Poncho young man. How's it going? Um, If any of you wanted a daiquiri. <laughs> I will take a daiquiri. <laughs> because someone needed to break up this scene. <laughs> Rexenold goes into the nearby kitchen and grabs a cocktail napkin and hands it to Poncho. There, sketch, now. You're a wonderful artist, I know it. Show me your gift. Poncho draws a stick figure with no arm. <laughs> and Josephine just in a huff walks out of the room. Fine, I'll eat these sandwiches myself. Hey guys, it's Rose Dirk with a quick intermission. First up, I wanna give a super special thank you to all of the wonderful people that have been supporting us on Patreon and helping make this show possible. We have Ben, Kate, and Sarah. It's thanks to them that we're able to pay for things like our hosting and our website and all the other fun projects that we have coming up. If you would like to get a shout out on these episodes, make sure to visit patreon.com slash rollingmisadventures, where for as little as $1, you can get your name in the intermission, or for a few bucks more a month, you can get bonus content, stickers, and all sorts of great stuff. 
And with that aside, we do have the announcement that Rolling Misadventures is going to be participating in the third annual Livestream for the Cure event. We're actually going to get together and do a live episode of Rolling Misadventures streamed on Twitch to help with raising money for cancer research. It's an awesome event and we're honored to be a part of it. And we would love to see you guys come and hang out and watch this thing just kind of fall apart when we do it live. We will actually be doing our live episode on Sunday, May 19th at 10.30 a.m. Pacific or 1.30 p.m. Eastern. But it's going to be a lot of fun. And again, we would love to see you guys there. I'm going to quit rambling. Let's go ahead, play a promo for that event and get back to our story. I'm Nick. And I'm Justin, and we can't believe it's already time for the 2019 live stream for The Cure. Thanks to our amazing peers, listeners, and supporters, last year we crushed our goal of $5,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. The Cancer Research Institute is funding research into immunotherapy to create a future immune to all forms of cancer. Every single cent we raise goes to them. And they're also rated over 92% on CharityNavigator.org. This year, we're aiming our sights even higher with our most ambitious event to date. Join us May 17th through the 19th on twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys for 40 hours of live content from us and other amazing shows who will join us to try to reach $7,500. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure for more information or to find out how you can be a part of the event. Together, we can make a difference. haven't said anything in a while yet how are you doing i'm trying to think so everyone's all hunched over the body josephine did run out of the room because she just couldn't deal anymore and uh you guys do have connections gotcha yeah we could go that way gotcha all right yeah let's do that let's do that okay so major buckner approaches josephine as she runs out in you know a frenzy of (laughs) of clam magnet death induced sadness which is very difficult to get out and actually say those words um, so Buckner approaches Joseph. Surrounded by idiots on this boat. How could we ever hope to solve this murder of my husband? Josephine, uh, I have something very secret that I need to tell uh, you. Yes, Diggle, what is it? I know the weapon that killed your husband. <gasps> because a long time ago, I used the same exact one. And what? Well, do tell. You can't just drop this bombshell on us. It was with a special kind of clam. A clam that's born once every 10,000 years. You don't mean... Yes. The death clam. Oh, the deadliest razor clam in all of the lands. It's, its power is unlike anything I've ever seen. It is said to have escaped from hell itself while Satan was fishing for it. I know Marcus, he would tell me about this clam, but I always assumed it was just a myth. It's no myth, but... but I had sealed it away, and you have to believe me, Miss Primrose. This can only mean one thing. One thing at all. This means someone has released the killer clam of death. Oh my god. Well, obviously then, if if someone used such a terrible, terrible monster against my husband, this must be personal. I mean, the implication that they would use clams to take out the magnet of clams. Surely it must have been quite personal. I have a suspicion, and I'll share it with you, Josephine, because I can trust you. 
I can't trust Elias. I can't talk about Madagascar. But I can talk about how I can't trust him because I can't talk about Madagascar. I think the killer is on board this ship. And I think it might be someone who had a lot to gain from your husband's death. Someone who wants to replace your husband. And someone that isn't me. That's... Well, <laughs> then obviously I must be in some sort of danger on this boat as well. If, if, if they're trying to replace my husband and take over the company, they would be taking me out as well. Yes, it's quite dire. Here's the situation. I think we need to meet up with the detective. What's his name? Rexenalt. We need to find the detective. We all need to stay together. Splitting up is a bad idea at this moment. The clam of death could be anywhere. <laughs> I like <laughs> Buckner's uh, great deduction that the killer is on the boat. <laughs> so far, let's appreciate that our characters have established A, that someone is dead B, that an arm is missing And C, that they're on a boat Doing an improv is so hard <laughs> If I just had like 30 seconds beforehand to write anything <laughs> We're all just playing some jazz up here, it's great Something. Well, now we have magic clams and things like that Okay, actually, I have an idea. Well, Re Rexenold and Poncho are going over their notes in their, their deli sandwiches. Uh, there's a knock at the door, and it is Elias. It's Elias G. Werther. Old boy, Bongo, open up. It's Elias. Uh, uh, just a moment. Just uh, let me clean up these sandwich crumbs real fast. Must always have a tidy room. All right, uh, Elias, wonderful to see you, old boy. Any developments in that old stiff up in the hallway? Uh, um, as you are the detective, old chap, I... I would have assumed that you would have them, but, well, actually, yes, kind of, in a way. This was a very circuitous way to get to the point, but uh, I'm all a Twitter, what with this, these goings-ons. Um, there are two points that I feel we should go over, uh, and he glances over at Poncho, in private. Poncho, earmuffs. Soto vache, Poncho. Soto vache. Soto vache. All right, All we're right. safe. Okay, uh, so the first the first uh, order of business is the arm that I, I hurled over the edge of the ship. That's not going to be an issue, is it? it? It seemed like the thing to do at the time, but now I'm a bit worried that might come back and bite me in the ass. Well, you need to consider that the reason that you threw that arm over the railing was to cover your own ass because your fingerprints were on the body. So in that sense, you made a wonderful decision. You told me to check. This was, I was on your, your advice. I was following your request. I think it's important that we recognize that the past is in the past and the only thing we can do is continue to step lively into the future. Now, old boy, I understand. Yes, yes. Step up a lift, step up a lift. Yes, step up a lift, yes. Don't, uh, don't cry over severed limbs. Uh, so, Elias... I, uh, oh god, I lost my train of thought. Well, well you know, I had a second point. That, that was really only point the first. Point the second, and, and perhaps more imperative. I know you did just say don't look to the past, but it is sort of relevant to that, and that is that the, uh, the, the shipsman, as it were, Eisenhower Diggle Buckner. I know Diggle very well. And so do I. In fact, we once fought a duel in Madagascar. It was meant to be to the death, but there were complications of a sort that I simply can't go into right now. It's just too much. But 
suffice to say that if there's anyone on this ship who I believe has the capacity to kill, I think it's him. In my time in the army, I heard tales of Eisenhower Diggle Buckner's regiment, and I know that that man does not run a very tight ship, and the fact that he is currently running a ship does nothing but ring with dramatic irony. And believe Indeed. me, I have my suspicions of Diggle as well. I was going to conduct a private interview with him, but if you would like to accompany me for said interview, I'm sure I would appreciate the support. Oh, yes, I would very much so enjoy that. I think also it would, uh, you know, keep him, keep him on the defensive, keep him on his toes. I don't know if anyone really ought to be alone with him. No, and I suggest that when we encounter him, we uh, conduct a good cop, bad cop. Uh, kind of dynamic. I, of course, will be the bad cop. Why don't I get to be the bad cop? Because I am the detective. Well, yeah, wouldn't that sort of make you the good cop by default, old Not bad. necessarily. Not when you read crime novels as much as I do. No, oh, I don't always, always wanted to be the bad cop. Listen, if it means that much to you, this time around, you can be the bad cop. But if you're going to be the bad cop, you need to actually commit to the role. You need to actually be a bad cop. You need to kick them in the shins, you need to insult their mothers, and you need to let them know that they need to cooperate. And you what, you don't think I can do that? That's, uh, that's perhaps the role that I was born to play. We were and hammers have a long and storied history of kicking people in the shin and insulting their mothers. I believe in you wholeheartedly, and we will see that on display when we go and encounter this Buckner character. All right. I should say we do. Perhaps you can leave your man, uh, someone to keep an eye on, uh, poor, poor Josephine. She doesn't need to be a part of any of this nasty business. No, of course, of course. Uh, Poncho, remove your earmuffs. Oh, God, all right, yeah. Do I get to be involved in any way this time? Poncho, you have a very important job in this next undertaking. You need to keep an eye on Miss Josephine Primrose and make sure that no harm comes to her like her late husband. I don't know about that. Uh, I will let you have my last sandwich. Rex, it's not about the sandwich, Rexenold. I thought we talked about this. I just, I'm not totally sure that we, Josephine and I, after the clam incident and the clam factory and the clams. Now, Rexenold, understand that the only way that we can move past the past is to move past uh, it, so old, you must old, move old past boy, your past. Old, old boy, I don't mean to interrupt, but your name is Rexenold. Oh, yes. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Elias, he does this. He does this actually all the time. He sorry, I took a lead pipe to the temple ten years ago, and ever since then, I kind of recognize others as myself. It's kind of like a being John Malkovich situation. Yeah, he actually thought I was his poncho once. Yes. <laughs> quite sure. Quite sure. Yes. So anyway, uh, poncho, you must recognize that the past is in the past, and all the past things that I said about the past. So don't care about the past. Go and observe Josephine, and if you do not, you do not get your stipend. Are we clear? Well, can I bring the jewel LPs? Yes, you can bring the jewel LPs. Okay. Well, it, it, leave she, me, I, leave I, me, leave <laughs> me the Amy man. Okay. Well, okay. So, uh, and you're serious about the turkey sandwich? I am serious about the turkey sandwich. Take the turkey sandwich. Take the jewel LPs. Leave me the Amy man, and let's call it a deal. All right, boss. Good. And then we do our secret handshake. <laughs> Twelve. So we have two more scenes to play out. 
for this act. Okay, I think that works out uh, uh, perfect, because then we have the interrogation, yep. and then whatever can go on with Josephine and Pasha. Yeah, and I kind of want to save that for the last scene. Okay. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, building the palace intrigue. No pressure. <laughs> All right, then. It's, it's interrogation time. <laughs> oh, wait. So so Buckner and, and Josephine were together, right? Josephine, dear, um, I know this is a very terribly difficult time for you, emotionally, physically, spiritually, but we're going to uh, need you to uh, exit the premises currently. Um <clears throat> The good detective and I have to have a word with Mr. Buckner. Josephine, I want you to stand back. Don't worry, I'll defend us. I have a degree in logical hydroprophecy and experimental astrology. Now, Diggle, old boy, there's no need in starting any unneeded aggression. We just want to talk, old boy. Yes, talk. And then uh, he just kind of kicks at a chair pathetically, like, eh, ow, ow, shit, ow. Um, <clears throat> Rexenold puts the chair back where it was. <laughs> a deliberate display of aggression, just like Madagascar. This is nothing like Madagascar. You tell that to every wooden spoon I can't use anymore. Meanwhile, no, just- <laughs> <laughs> Poncho's standing there holding the turkey sandwich and the jewel LPs. <laughs> Boy, take Josephine out of here. Buckner, take a seat. How about I take a rematch? Oh, I'm always ready to go if ever you are, which is also a thing I said to your mother. How am I doing? Am I doing good? Uh, you're doing all right, but I feel like we're pushing things into a little bit of a, well, a little bit of a dually territory, and I want to kind of move it back into a little bit more of an interviewee type thing, so, uh, Mr. Diggle, can I call you Mr. Diggle? The only person that calls me that is your mother. <laughs> oh, burn! Now, Mr. Diggle, I am going to need you to take a seat so you can answer some questions. If you do not want to do that, then I can simply leave and find another turkey sandwich and leave you alone with my good friend Elias. Do you want to walk with Elias, Major Eisenhower? <laughs> um, also, you don't have a turkey sandwich. I'm taking this turkey sandwich, Josephine. Come on, we're gonna we're gonna go eat this together. So we're leaving. <laughs> we're actually out of the room now. <laughs> <laughs> Going down the hallway. <laughs> now that all the turkey sandwiches are out of the room, I guess I'll sit down. <laughs> I didn't know that was a complex for you, but okay then. <laughs> if only you remembered Madagascar. No, he was—he wasn't in Madagascar. I swear to God, I'm going to pistol whip the next person that says Madagascar. Now, both of you, stop it. We both know it's a mysterious place, and it doesn't get infected with diseases. We all know about Madagascar, but what's important right now is the dead body missing a couple limbs, and its head is covered in blood, and everyone's upset, and I just want to get to the bottom of it so I can continue enjoying my vacation. And also get rich by writing a book about this crime. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Bongo boy, there's no need to get upset. I remember you're the good cop. You're right, I am. I begin massaging Major Eisenhower's shoulders. Yes, that's the ticket. Shiatsu style. Even better. Now, Major Eisenhower, 
first things first, tell us how you came to become the skipper of this vessel. Which is, once again, uh, Elias, can you remind me again of what this cruise line is called? Uh, I believe it's Spooky Spookiness of the Seas. Yes, how did you come to become captain of Spookiness of the Seas, Diggle? Well, I've always had a thing for horror-themed cruise lines. And it's been my goal ever since I wanted to wash my hands of the war. Wash my hands of some things I've done in the past. And what were those things you did in the past, Diggle? I shan't say. You literally just brought it up. <laughs> Perhaps I'm just fishing. With no prompting from me. <laughs> I'll speak, Rexenold, but you have to promise me one thing. I need to get out of this cruise ship, for you don't understand. The last skipper was lured here because he too had a penchant for horror-themed cruise lines. <laughs> this cruise line, when you become the captain of it, you can never get off, because they're always watching you. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, did you say that this haunted cruise line is under Pirates of the Caribbean rules? <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. To be fair, Elias, I did read that in the pamphlet, but I just kind of assumed it was a public relations thing, so I'm as, I'm as shocked as you are. Oh, I see. But if you can get me safely off the ship, I can help solve your little mystery, for I have some knowledge that may help. I know the murder weapon, and I can tell you where it was last seen. Okay, what was it? Oh, don't trust a word, he says. He's stringing us along, and then he just sort of, he, he slaps him. I'm the bad cop. Ow. <laughs> Rexenold moves on to massaging his feet. <laughs> yes. If only your partner were as agreeable as you are. I won't say the M word, but I want you to know I'm thinking of Madagascar. <laughs> you just said it anyway. Rexenold pulls out his gun and hands it to Elias. <laughs> oh, goody. Elias uh, pistol whips tickle. I see you're both men of your words. Now, this may be hard to believe. But Rexenold pulls out a small waxing kit and begins uh, cleaning uh, Major Eisenhower's shoes. <laughs> the murder weapon is the clam of death. Oh, you cannot be serious, old boy. Again with the death clam myth? This was pervasive in the military, and I cannot believe that you've brought it here. Of course, it started with the death clam, then it was the war jellyfish, then the hunger frog, then the indigestion beaver. Just make it stop. Copycats, my boy. Copycats. Every last one of them. Um, I'm sorry, why did you just talk like Voldemort? That was weird. Yeah, that was, that was honestly a bit creepy. Just a bit. It was a little unsettling, and considering all of the pre-existing circumstances, that's really saying something. Not going to lie, you're making yourself look very suspicious right now. Yeah, it's almost as if you're the one who committed into the murder! No. Also, your mother is fat! Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Rexenold pulls out an emery board and begins buffing his nails. Not only is my mother not rotund, but I can absolve myself from any guilt by showing you where the murder weapon was stolen from. No, oh, that was easy. Yeah, alright. Then, by all means, Diggle, take us to the murder weapon. Also, your mother's smells. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> Josephine, so I know this is just this must be so hard for you, especially having to to identify the body. I so you know I just figured you know when my cat died, picking up the pieces that jewel album picking up the pieces it really helped me grieve in the way that I needed to grieve at the time. So 
I just, since I had, since I had this limited edition vinyl of This Way, I figured we could listen to it together. It might make you feel better. We could talk things out. Um, also, they're talking about more murder stuff. I figured you didn't want to be in the room for that. Pancho, I, I appreciate that, but Jewel was Marcus's favorite artist as well. Also, did you compare my dead husband to your cat? I mean, I, I wasn't going to say this, but my cat's name was Marcus. Oh, my, my dear, I'm so sorry. But you know, that's that's okay. We don't have we don't have to listen to this. Um, we could still share this turkey sandwich. Um, you know, I just okay. I'll 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 go ahead and say it, Josephine. I remember the clam incident probably just as well as you remember the clam incident. And I'm trying really hard right now not to make this incredibly awkward. And I'm doing that by offering you half my turkey sandwich. I appreciate that, Poncho. Just please. Assure me that we can put the past behind us and that you'll figure out what happened and who murdered my, my, my poor Marcus. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, your husband, Marcus. Your husband you married six months ago, you said? Ah, uh, yes. We were madly in love, but he was just so busy out of town that we couldn't get married until six months ago. This trip, this voyage that we are on, was our honeymoon. Right, right, right. Out of town, out of town. So about four months ago, what was he doing out of town exactly when, you know, the the clam incident kind of happened there? Oh, my dear, everyone knew that he was in Madagascar trying to source some new clams. Madagascar. Somewhere, Rexenold's gun falls off his belt. <laughs> <laughs> well, <okay>, well, <laughs> that clears some things up on my end. Rest assured... <laughs> <laughs> okay, but believe me, Josephine, we're gonna get this this solved because I, all I really want is to get ahead. I think that working with Rexenold is going to get me ahead. I I I have faith in in my destiny and faith in Marcus's destiny, even though it is over now, actually. Um, and now it is your your destiny. You were grandfathered into his destiny, kind of like debt. Okay, Poncho. You know I. I suppose you're right. I trust that you will figure out what happened to my poor, poor Marcus. But shall we go and listen to that Jewel album, if you will lead the way, please? Oh, yeah. You'll find that the vinyl is definitely superior to the CD. I promise you. Especially especially with these new Bluetooth headphones I got. Sweet deal. All right. And then as Pancho walks down the hallway, Josephine opens up a clam-shaped case with a dagger in it. Dun dun dun! A, cl- a clamshell clutch. Yes. <laughs> so with that, we have played out all of our scenes for Act One. Before we go and roll our tilt, why don't we go ahead and tell everybody about where they can check us out online, Megan? Um, you can, you can check me out anywhere, but if you're doing it online, you should probably go to uh, onalitclass.com or any other place that you would listen to podcasts to listen to Ono Lit Class, a show that I co-host that is about classic literature and dick and fart jokes. And Jared? You should go to my SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash best hyphen day. And you should listen to my music and you should think about whether or not someone has actually ever been killed with a clam before. Just the dead silences. All of us are like, wait, has someone? <laughs> I mean, if they were allergic. Wouldn't be the first time. That would be killed by a clam, not with a clam. Addy? You 
can't see my name in the credits of Creed 2 because they didn't put it in there. So. <laughs> did they really not? They really didn't. They did, however. Oh, those bastards. They did put the rejected PA's name, who we punted to the camera department. No, but I, I don't know. I guess if I was going to plug anything, you could look me up on IMDb. I just updated it. Kind of cool. There's a picture of me and a giant fan. Uh, my name's Adeliza Bacchus Pace. There's a credit for a, a refugee part I never played in a film I don't know about. <laughs> and Corbett. Uh, you can find my show pretty much anywhere you can find your podcasts, uh, Spotify, podcast app, etc. That's Corbin versus the world. Uh, it's a music-based show, hour long. Uh, I play whatever tunes I am currently digging on at the time across all genres and then in between uh, song blocks, I just kind of dish on whatever's bothering me or whatever I find amusing at that time. So it's a good old time. You can find it anywhere you can get your podcasts or on the NOCO FM website. That's N-O-C-O dot F-M. We have a live stream going 24-7. So at any given time, uh, we've either got music playing uh, that we've curated ourselves or we have our own in-house podcasts uh, that we produce. And Charles... Uh, also participates in uh, one of those shows as well. But that is where you can find me. Also, uh, follow me on Instagram at Corbin versus the world. That was good. Charles would be very proud of you. Aw, thanks. And of course, links to all of that can be found at rollingmisadventures.com and down in the show notes. Guys, let's go ahead and roll our tilt. single word Derek just said. He was talking about how like it's we have cell phones but we all talk like it's the 1920s. <laughs> like it's my favorite thing that like, we are all old timey but it's taking place in modern day. Oh yeah, no, I love yeah. it. I love this world that we've created together. <laughs>